blistering starts to a tennis match. The Shakespeare got it wrong. It wasn't King Lear. It's King Lear. LeBron James with no record for human This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. Uh, my name is Gautam. This is round 13 of the NL Playoffs. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say hi. Hello world. Today is the 20th of January, 2022 is when we are recording this. Uh, Aniket, I'm not going to spend a lot of time engaging in small talk with you because we have a very special guest with us today. We are very, very honored to have her. So I'll let you do her intro first. So our guest today has been a sports journalist for over three decades uh, with a career ranging from the Mumbai tabloid Midday through the Hindu India Today magazine, ESPN Cricket Info, ESPN India. So she's covered sports, all former sports, right from cricket to sailing to volleyball and has academic publications, has reported playing cricket from nine countries and reported also on two Olympic games. So before there is any more suspense left or everyone's already guessed, we're Welcoming Sharda Ukra to our podcast. So thank you so much for making it. It's an absolute pleasure having you here. Hi, hi, Gautam. Hi, uh, Aniket. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm looking you know, forward to the chat. <laughs> you know, Sharda, we had uh, when we were initially started this podcast, we had uh, a dream list of guests to invite on the podcast. So we're like, "Ha, chalo, Sharda Ukra ka naam rakh dete hain. If possible, we can have her." We were just being greedy, okay? So you're you're literally number one on the list. I'm not even joking. And to have this come to fruition in like twelve or thirteen episodes is, is is such a great uh, uh, pleasure. So really, really, thank you very much for joining us. I'm so flattered to hear you say that. Um, <laughs> except if you ask any of my friends, they know I love talking. You could have asked me first; I would have been guest number one. <laughs> But I'm happy to be number thirteen. Yeah. We had it, it's more on us because we have to get some reps to feel a little comfortable. Not that we are comfortable now anyway, but we will try. We have a whole list of topics to cover today. Uh, so what we'd like to do is, at least for this episode, is. we'd like to cover what's been happening with the indian cricket team specifically obviously the big thing which is uh, uh, virat kohli and the whole captaincy saga so to say and there's also another saga on the other side of the world in australia where uh, uh, novak djokovic was supposed to play today i believe because australian open is on right now so uh, but now i believe he's in dubai or serbia or wherever he is uh, is not anyway to be seen down under so we'll talk about that and also Sanya Mirza uh, announced her retirement at the end of this year so we'll talk about her, her as well but let's get straight into the the whole Virat Kohli situation and team India situation <laughs> Virat Kohli announced uh, just after the end of the third test after the loss to South Africa that he is going to step down as the captain of the Indian test side so just to give some context to our listeners I'll give a brief timeline and then we'll have some uh, discussion Sharda so Initially just before the T20 World Cup started right Virat Kohli announced that after the T20 World Cup uh, in 2021 he's going to step down as the captain of the T20 side well the, the T20 World Cup happened India lost uh, kind of quite miserably in the end i think they didn't even make the knockouts then after that uh, and just before the squads were being announced for the South Africa tour uh, BCCI announced that Rohit Sharma was going to be the captain of the limited overs format which meant that Kohli was also stripped off the ODI captaincy and the the rationale behind it being that it is good to have one limited overs captain and one long form uh, format captain i guess and then 
for some reason after that uh, saurav ganguly if if you ask me for no reason came out in public and said he he asked kohli not to step down then kohli after that just before india left for south africa kohli had that amazing press conference as i said i got a call one and a half hours before the selection meeting and um, the chief selector discussed with me the test team um, to which we both agreed and uh, before ending the call i was told that the five selectors have decided that i will not be the odi captain to which i replied okay fine um, and in the in the selection call afterwards we chatted about it briefly and that's what happened uh, there was no communication prior to that uh, at all so now bcc had to uh, firefight a little bit and said that he was urged not to step down as the t- as the t20 captain chetan sharma came out and said uh, as such then india went to south africa had the first test india won the first test second test kohli was a last minute scratch because he had an injury so he was supposed to play his 100th test which was supposed to be his third test but it turned out to be his 99th test india lose the third test and then soon after that uh, they uh, kohli announced that he was going to step down as uh, the test captain So this is kind of the timeline as to what happened with the whole Kohli and the captaincy thing. Uh so Sharda was the writing pretty much on the wall for Kohli that he saw the future and thought that he was somewhere down the line that he was not going to be the captain or he was going to strip off it given the current climate or what it's speculation for me at this point as to what his thinking was but what did you make of the whole uh, Kohli situation? um you know uh, gautam that was uh, absolutely superbly put one after the other in case we forgot all the chaotic twists and turns that this story has had um i was thinking about it yesterday and i i was chatting to a few people and i said look if kohli would not have stepped down as t20 international captain would any of this have happened and the answer to that is no you know so maybe there's a miscalculation that started it out for whatever the reason his intentions it was good that he wanted to look after his um, uh, batting because his batting he, he's gone now 26 months i think 26 months without 100 right and so the idea is absolutely clear he wants to do this but he got he ran into this sort of a little bit of a problem and i think um, the big shift that has happened for kohli particularly is that at the moment now he's run up against a cricket board where previously there was no board cricket board means is basically two people three max if we are if we are generous you know so he's run up against uh, uh, the bcci whereas for the last say four years or so say 2016 onwards till about 2020 he was it was just him whatever he wanted happened and this is the first time he ran into someone telling him no but this maybe this is not what you should do you know and uh, we must also remember i wrote a piece in the hindustan times about it that, that there are two versions of the truth now are we believing kohli because he has 187 million instagram players and he is a current player who tends to have the world behind him and all the other guys are sort of retired and you know what does ganguly know and you know you get into that kind of uh, this thing or um, are there two truths that are in this in in this scenario uh, but undeniably what has happened is that and plus his coach has changed he's now got a new coach ravi shastri who was his massive ally and his big support and maybe they had a i mean not maybe they had an incredible working partnership and uh, that gave you results um so all that has shifted around him so when he when he called for this decision that i am going to stand down as t20 captain i mean you would have if if, if he asked you gautam or if he asked you aniket i want to stand down as t20 captain what would your answer have been to the him you said like why you know wh- how much t20 cricket do you guys play in a year but 
I think he as again we are mind reading, which Sunil Gavaskar says you should absolutely not do. You should know where your off stump is and you should not mind read. Uh, cricketers should know where the off stump off stump is and journalists should not mind read. Uh, batsmen should know. So so uh, you know the decision that he took has proved to be almost catastrophic, if I can use the word. He will not use the word catastrophic, but for him, for his place. For the team's position at the moment, I'm just writing something for the Wisden Almanac about India here, and it's so hard to get your head around what has happened. You know, it's just gone like this. In what was everyone said, it's the our best Test match year ever, and Ravi Shastri said this is one of the great teams ever, and you can disagree on one of those things, but <laughs> but you know, so that's what I feel the the situation has come to, and now it's become a question of personalities. It's to become a question of ego. It's a uh, there'll be stories coming out uh, written by my friend Niru Bhatia, who's a superb uh, reporter writer at the Week, which will tell you exactly what happened behind the scenes. Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be um, released, uh, but I think we will hear that uh, Kohli was upset in the manner in which he was told that his one day captaincy was taken from him, and Chetan Sharma called him in very early in the as in way before that 90 minutes or half an hour or whatever he said in his press conference. Chetan Sharma said he spoke to him way before that. You know, so that's the two sort of versions of the truth that are going out. And again, are you going to believe the superstar? Or are you going to believe the chairman or selector? So, and when we take those decisions, we are thinking, okay, you know. Uh, uh, From the point of view of being an older person, and I'm looking at it from a, a much more detached manner, rather than younger people who are really angry about it or whatever. I had a follow-up question on this, right? So, uh, a uh, Kohli stepping down from T20 was like had this snowballing effect. Uh, so there have now essentially been two change of guards, right? One is in the Indian cricket team with Rohit Sharma taking over the uh, white ball, so-called white ball cricket, and also the administrative uh, team has been uh, overhauled. So uh, the two questions are: uh, A was is this necessary to where it has come to? Uh, you know, with Kohli now stepping down from a Test captain, see, given the incredible performance he has had as a Test captain, I'm keeping the one days away out of this. So I think the statistics say that out of 68 games, uh, India has won 40 under his uh, ages. So it's a pretty great record to have. And then there's also uh, the sense of politicking that's happening, right? It's not only uh, this effect of captaincy we're seeing, but also the coach. Uh, you know, there were talks about how Dravid was kind of arm twisted to get into this position before he was actually ready and stuff like that. So I just wanted your uh, thoughts on this and uh, what what is your uh, inkling about this? Um, just the first thing to say is that you cannot arm twist Rahul Dravid into doing anything he does not want to do. Right? I'm just saying this. Okay. I'm putting it out there. Uh, um, neither on the cricket field you could arm twist him anyway when he was when he was batting. You could arm twist him about a lot of things that definitely not on the field. So, uh, in a sense, um, what I have I had heard is that there were requests from a lot of the players to Rahul Dravid to take this job up. Right? Uh, at this point, maybe he would have thought later. Whatever. I mean, again. i'm not mind reading but this is i'm telling you what is basically information and fairly accurate information that he was asked to take over as coach because of whatever uh, now did this necessarily have to be the situation it was abs- it's absolutely unnecessary because the what uh, completely accelerated everything and what completely uh, uh, escalated the situation was when kohli had that press conference and he dropped a bomb and he said no ganguly never spoke to me 
and Ganguly said, no, of course I spoke to you. You know, and then you are in this, you are in this, in this state. So he has gone into South, into the tour of South Africa with almost like his captaincy and on the line on the basis of his batting. That was a piece that I wrote, and then it didn't matter because his batting was all right. He did okay in the in the series, but we didn't win. Uh, so when I wrote about it, I said, look, if we lose and he does poorly, then it's heads on the completely on the line. If we lose and he does okay, then but there'll still be discussions. If we win, then he's king of the world. You know, if he win and he scores, he's king of the world. But um, what I'm hearing now from people is that he was going to quit the test captaincy regardless. He would like to have quit it uh, under the case of again. This is just via as we as we say to each other via via. Means like Kohli didn't tell me, and Kohli didn't tell my friend, but Kohli heard it from another. They, they heard it from another person who say Kohli told them. So that's via via. This is our language that journalists use. Yeah, where does this come from? Yeah, it's via via. So uh, this is the via via story that he would have quit the test captaincy had he even had he won, uh, because it would have been an absolutely uh, fine statement to say. But the strange thing is that in India doesn't have any important test matches to play this year. I mean, they've got important test matches. Every test match is important. It is the again, the, the, the greatest of test cricket. But uh, Australia coming here to India and we're going to Bangladesh and we're playing against uh, Sri Lanka uh, next month. Right. So what is the, where's the fire, you know? But now fire, it's not a fire. It's a blazing inferno. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely uh, agree with you on that. There's, uh, as Aniket said, there's absolutely no need for that. So can we also yeah. talk about uh, Ganguly for a little bit, Sharda? Because now he finds himself at uh, the at the helm of BCCI. Uh, you call him in the Hindustan Times article that you wrote, you actually refer to him as Shanguli because it's not exactly him, but it's him and Jesh acting together. And there's also, I forget the name of the treasurer. Who's the treasurer right now, Sharda? Arun Dubal. So there's like the trio that you mentioned in your article as well. Um, is he now more of a political uh, cricket administrator than a former India player? And I will quote one of the lines that you wrote, which I really liked. It is very end, at the very end where you talked about how that our cricket's rare player president has let a fellow Indian captain be treated in a manner that he himself fought against when he played. Uh, is kind of a sad story in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a sad story. Uh, there's always been politics uh, of one kind or the other in the BCCI. Whoever occupies a, a position, um, there's a great quote that was told to me by Jawagal Srinath at one point, uh, where he said that, you know, um, everyone in adversity brings the best in human beings comes out in adversity, right? And whenever we are all down and we're struggling and we're doing well, our best comes out in adversity. We fight, we struggle, we do water. So, but if you really want to see what a man is made of, give him power. So, and that applies to everything that applies to the post of captain that applies to the post of BCCI president and, and so on. I don't think Saurav Ganguly's, uh, I, I, I think for example, and I'm very proud of that phrase Shanguli, I wanted it to become like one global <laughs> sensation, viral, whatever. I was so pleased with it. Anyway, uh, these things come and they go. Um, so uh, Saurav has always been a very uh, um, intuitive person when it comes to interactions and relationships with people all through his uh, uh, career, even as a captain, right? So he's not acting out of character at all, at all. If anyone, you know, um, the only thing is that he... Uh, uh, he has a great ability to work with people. He's very good with people. For all you may know, you know, now it's, it's all become, oh, Ganguly versus Kohli and all that, right? Three years down the line, Ganguly and Kohli will be sitting next to each other in a photograph, smiling, laughing, happy, right? You remember what happened with uh, uh, Hayden and uh, uh, Harbhajan, right? So so let's keep that also in mind that these things also change at this point. Uh, 
things are very heated up. Um, for, and first of all, let me also say here that neither Ganguly nor Jesha are qualified to be in the post that they're qualified, right? Their term is up, but now who are we? Yeah. So uh, assuming that we have put all those caveats and we're still talking about this, I don't, I think Ganguly as president will have the interests of Indian cricket at heart. I would hope that will be the interests. My worry is, my concern is that the interests at the moment are just limited to these elite players at the top. You know, it's not like this vast 5,000 other cricketers that are there, which you need to have a publicly working uh, professional office and all that to do that. But that is not there. There is this big gap that's here. All we are doing is talking about this story of the superstar uh, captain and the former captain, a president, you know. So uh, that's the that's the disappointment about, about uh, 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 Saurav, um, that his, his tenure has turned out to be this way. Um, that uh, also I wrote something in the Hindustan Times about his all his doing ads and whatever, and he completely disagrees with what I say. I had a very uh, uh, very warm conversation with him after the piece came out, and uh, he completely disagrees. And you can't beyond a point you're saying, "Am I the am I an idiot that I'm even thinking this?" And he's just having this discussion. So, so that's the kind of person that he is. You know, he's he's very good with working with people. You can say that he has a political nose. He's got a political sense. He's always had it. Even as captain, he he had that uh, he had that sense, right? So the whole thing about his Steve War and the five minutes late was not. He was just late. He was just late, late because yeah. he's late. Then when he realized it's annoying him, he said, "Acha, now I will do it again and again." You know. So that's the kind of person uh, uh, that that he is. Uh, Chetan Sharma came out and said, "Look, but we had spoken to him, you know, uh, with uh, with Kohli. Sorry. He, uh, so so that's where we are at this point. It's not black and white." I think Kohli's ego has gotten involved in it. Kohli's hurt uh, that uh, he lost the one-day captaincy because I assume, again, mind reading alert, mind reader yeah. alert, is I think he assumed that he was going to be captain for the 2023 World Cup at home. I think he would have liked to do that. He would have liked to have done that, ideally, right, you know. But it didn't make sense in terms of white ball, red ball. Um, even though you have arguments that, okay, 2020 cricket is completely different and from one-day cricket. But it just, how many captains does India need? We need one good one who works, you know, that way. We can manage it too. We had Dhoni for white ball, but uh, one usually works. Anyhow, let's see how, let's see how this goes. Uh, the other thing we also found with Kohli is, I think one interesting characteristic which kind of sets him apart, good or bad, uh, from previous Indian captains is that he says as it is, uh, as as Ravi Shastri used to say, he flashes and flashes hard even off the field. <laughs> so, um, but the, and, and he does that, and also he does that on the record, which is kind of very uncharacteristic with, uh, when you compare him with other captains, right? Dhoni was never outspoken in the media at all. If Ganguly, uh, if if Ganguly has to speak, go ahead, Shadi, you were saying was, something. Ganguly was wild in the media. If he wanted to drop a bomb, he would drop a bomb. Right. If he wanted to release a rocket, he would release a rocket. Otherwise, he would just be boring. So Kohli is very articulate. And he and so was Dhoni, as a matter of fact. Dhoni spoke at great length, but only in press conferences. And he gave you explanations for a lot of things. Kohli, because he Kohli is like the anti-Dhoni in the sense of on the field, you can see that he's engaged and he's involved and it became everything. And uh, that's the that's the different uh, difference that there is. And in a way, a lot of these guys now, because of IPL and whatever, they are much more media trained than previous captains used to be, right? But I think there was yeah. certainly a lot more trans not transparency. There was certainly a lot more access for all of us. So we knew what's happening on the inside. Had, say, for example, Ganguly been the captain when this was going on. 
we would have told you the whole story start to finish what happened this <laughs> that and the other everything but that's just that's just a product of its time you can't uh, you can't crib uh, and complain about it and all we can do is we can say okay this is what it looks like this is what it sounds like uh you know is there a problem yes there's a problem but has it ever happened that in in controversies or let's say controversies or storms like this captains have gone on the record and went directly against what no. bcci has I, said I, I, I think that is new right i think that yeah that that's a good point i think that's why i'm trying to think back i think that's that's very new that's because of the fact that for the last 5 years there was nobody to as a counterweight to kohli right not even in the yeah. never mind the dressing no one in the board i mean you had vinod rai who was a committee of administrators in charge who was like saying yes yes which coach do you want we will give you ceo rahul jori yes yes what do you want let's 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 be on your let's be your buddy and that kind of thing has has also played on the fact that kohli thought he could do this also he has social media where he can present his own point of view and he's a superstar beyond superstardom in 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 many ways um you know and and, and the confidence of that uh, influence i think is is what possibly led led that led to what i call a miscalculation when he made he could have had the discussion and done it but anyway who are we to discuss to say what he should have done but we, we see what he's done and we see where it's led to you know my one complaint also about the cricketers who do things like this is who is giving them advice who is talking to them is there a yes man talking to them or is some or is an adult talking to them who saying this is not the right thing to do where are you getting your advice from you know if you're getting your advice who, from a manager who's going to flash billion crore checks at you and that's all you you're you're listening to then it's i mean there's no end to it you end up in a situation like this unfortunate because like yeah it's actually like you say shardas rather unfortunate right uh, because i think kohli went into this south africa series with a target on his back uh, who created the target he himself that's the thing so it was his uh, press conference that actually put this up and if things had gone the, the other way you know if india had actually first time forever won in south africa then we would not have... be we would not be discussing this anymore it would then be how we're dancing he... on our graves yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, yeah and today uh, since things didn't go his way now the uh, opinion is uh, that you know it is uh, the way it is yeah but i also had one more thing to say that the the fact that he quit his test captaincy at this time right what has it led to it has led to us forgetting about the series defeat it has led to us forgetting about the fact that our, our middle order is in an absolute utter and total shambles and it has let us forget about that horrendous display of temper tantrum yeah. on the third uh, evening of the test match in cape town which made me so blind with the rage that it took me a long time to get over it <laughs> actually you know let's talk about the the series it was definitely a missed opportunity they were calling it the final frontier because india never won a series in south africa first uh, for first 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 whatever that was on tv yeah, yeah. they have come up with all <laughs> kinds of things these marketing folks it was definitely a missed opportunity because give, just comparing the two teams even india without ravindra jadeja just they were on paper they were just completely outmatching the south africans sure south africa has a really good uh, uh, pace attack but india has pace but attack and what was the experience of the south african pace right, attack right exactly marco jansen and uh, and brain olivier were making their yeah. debuts yeah exactly it was just rabada and engiri who were the most yeah. experienced bowlers if you compare it that with uh, shami and bumra and sharma and thakur and siraj and all these guys there's not even comparing right so it's definitely a missed opportunity uh, the it is kind of almost surreal to see both of those uh, both the second and the third tests unfold this exactly the same way almost because similar targets and 
South Africa ended up chasing quite easily at the end. Well, as you said, I think this was a case of poor batting than bad bowling because I think the bowlers did fairly well. But it's just uh, the middle order, as you said. Rahane can't buy a run at all. Uh, I was listening to... Uh, Uh, Harsha Bhogle on the Final Word podcast with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon yesterday. And he was talking about how the poor guy can't even find a run. Otherwise, he would have been in the as he used to be the leading contender to take over from Virat Kohli as a test captain, right? So it's yeah. just been a nightmare last couple of years for Ahane. Pujara, you know, you can say one or two performances here or there, but he has been short of runs and Kohli obviously has not had a century. He's been consistent, but uh, has not been able to convert those uh, big ones. Uh, so what do you make of uh, the series loss? Definitely a missed opportunity, right? Huge, huge, huge. Massively missed opportunity because you started out so well. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, Gautam, I'm looking back at, uh, because I'm doing this annual review, I'm able to look back, uh, looking back at what's gone by. And I think that they didn't read a lot of the signs that came up, say, for example, when we lost the uh, World Test Championship final. You're thinking that maybe should you be playing five bowlers? I mean, five specialist batsmen only. Never mind Pant, right? Never mind Pant. You're assuming that Pant will always give you something absolutely spectacular. Achha, we always also forgot about Pant's innings because of that resignation. Yes. <laughs> you know, Brilliant so innings, by the way. exactly. I mean, fabulous. It was just mad in its own way and crazy. And you know, it, who knows what 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 he can do in the future. Anyway, so. There are there are signs there that maybe this uh, uh, five bowlers and five specialist batsmen formula works, but it shouldn't be made template everywhere. You know, you can't have a template everywhere. You you've got bowling conditions to help you. It's fine. You have to see whether you use your fifth bowler as much as you think you have, and uh, not reading that well enough and seeing that our batsmen are not informed. We need an extra bat batsman to keep us give us some kind of meat at the back end. Uh, but um, there was nothing of that kind, and it is the, it is the batting that has failed us. Everyone say our ah, bowlers did not. Win. The bowlers have turned around situations in England, for example, from uh, completely insane uh, places. Bowlers have done all the hard yards, they've done all the heavy lifting, you know, and uh, it's the batsmen that didn't give them enough runs. I mean, they they were managing on 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 things like 171 and 191, and you know, on the back of that, they were going. and 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 they've changed a lot of the way the rest of the world can engage with the indian team but the batsmen have to give runs you know the batsmen have to give you enough to go by and uh, in the first test you did get 300 something i think uh, if i'm not wrong got a decent score the first yeah. time the only time semi decent not even decent semi decent and that's why we are in the situation that we are here today so yeah we you were just talking about rishabh pant there sharda i think it was one year to yesterday when he played that amazing innings at the gabba right okay. uh, it almost seems forever ago but just just, just been a year ago but what an innings he looks like a guy who is uh, needing to find his rhythm a little bit in test cricket but i think there's no doubt that the talent is there he already has a few test matches under his belt i think he still has to find that rhythm he sometimes he just either goes completely defensive or completely aggressive i think there's a balance that he needs to find but eventually that he'll figure it out but man at this moment it's just watch him and enjoy and enjoy what you get from him right yeah that really is the thing he's just such a marvelous Um, unpredictable and a marvelous player. I mean, to me, sometimes he's like Charlie Chaplin with the bat. He's just falling. You know, he's the bat is flying somewhere, but the ball has gone somewhere else. So he's just absolutely watchable. So no matter what happens, he's like the kind of a player that he comes. Oh, Pant is here now. Something is going to happen. He's that kind of a, a player, and you need these kind of, uh, of of batsmen. You need these kind of cricketers. So I wanted to wrap this topic up with one question, right? So uh, actually, even Shekhar Gupta in his 
cut the clutter talks about uh, this data analysis that he does with the middle order for the Indian cricket team and how in the last six years it's basically the average compared to global is actually decreasing and how our batsmen are uh, performing worse and worse. So, uh, I mean, uh, just from your experience, uh, is there something you can point a finger at as to why is it poor selection? Is it that we are just not, it's one of those things that, you know, luck is just not working in our favor or there's a deeper problem? Uh, I just wanted your thoughts on this. My thoughts on this are you don't, I mean, uh, you don't need data to see what the middle order is doing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I mean, I respect the fact that there is this showing you in numbers very clearly what what the dip in form has been. I think there have also been a lot of changes at in the test match in the batting lineup as we've come and gone. There have been selection errors that have led to the last South African tour. I think we went on. There were some massive errors in the in in the selection of who you pick when you pick. I, I think the confidence levels of both players like Rahane and Pujara over the past number of few years, um, it's not been at the top where it should be. I mean, we could see um, uh, how uh, the, the, the batsman performed in Australia when uh, after Kohli went and there was 36 for nine and there was the end of the world and everything and they just turned around and they they gave you something to work with, everybody. Also, the success of the bowlers has meant that you have uh, papered over the problem in the middle order. Right, you you that is that is essentially what has happened. That bowlers have bailed you out every time. So every time Ravi Shastri said something, this is the greatest team, one of the great teams that have played. In the great teams that played, they had stupendous destructive batting, which means destructive. I don't mean just fours and sixes. I mean they will bury you in the ground when they get a chance. Right, and and uh, they didn't need miracle bowling all the time. But we have gone steadily on this, you know, scripting history, epic scripts, crazy. Our bowlers have done it. I mean, 89 runs is what Boomerang and Shami put up at Lords. You don't need Boomerang and Shami to be putting up runs. Yeah, you know, you've got, these are your best batsmen that are playing there. So, um, these are the things, to my mind, that, have, that is what has happened. There hasn't been a steadiness in the middle order that you need. Uh, because you're playing this, you're playing five batsmen along all, uh, all the time. I love the idea. I think it's a great and it's a daring move and all that. I love the idea. But you can't do it all the time. It's not a one-size-fits-all, which is what you made it, which is why you're in this kind of a position. Yeah, it also doesn't help when, especially in uh, uh, conditions like South Africa or England, if you have, if you don't have a really good bowling all-rounder, you know, Hardik Pandya was seen as that guy, but unfortunately he has a share of shoulder injuries and looks like he's kind of gone off the radar a little bit for now. Uh, but that's definitely a factor. That just tells you how important Jack Carlis was in uh, for all the, all of those years in South Africa when they were number one, right? Amazing, amazing player to have. Uh, just to... Yeah, we're always looking for that all-rounder, right? Since Kapil yeah. retired, we're looking for that all-rounder. And uh, so the, the the great thing about Dhoni is that Dhoni was that all-rounder. He was that all-rounder for you at number seven. So then you've got seven batsmen, right? You know? Right. So if he came yeah. and, and he could also play. So that was the thing. And, and, and Dhoni was like one of the greats. Uh, even in Test Match cricket, where his captaincy was not flash, he could still be that number seven uh, uh, stupendous uh, batsman. That, True. Uh, that, I'm still holding deep, deep, deep sorrow about the 4040 in 2011. It, it, it'll, oh, it'll never pass. Man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, did you cover those tours, by the way, Shada? Were you in England and Australia? I covered all England. It was enough. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got to watch all those Rahul Dravid centuries, though. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. 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 Uh, just to put a bow on this topic, Shahda, what, what do you, who do you think is going to succeed Kohli here? I know uh, it was very funny. I know KL Rahul is obviously a choice. Rohit Sharma is obviously a choice because KL Rahul has been the captain of Test, test Cricket before uh, when Kohli was out. And Rohit Sharma is 
seems like a logical choice because he's doing the limited over stuff now but fitness is a concern jaspreet bumrah threw his hat into the ring very interestingly in the press conference the other day but he was asked you know he asked uh, yeah, you know, I, know. i don't kept it yeah no true. i couldn't say it that they is true though say, of course i want to be captain yeah, yeah. Uh, so they asked him yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunil gaskar threw rishad pants name in yeah. there too uh, which is kind of interesting uh, yeah. what's next you know, do you think my vaya vaya story is rohit is rohit chand that's okay. the vaya oh, That's the vaya vaya news, yeah. yeah. I mean, so that's logical if you think about it. But yeah. fitness is a concern, but, though. There. Yeah, but the thing about fitness, as such, is what I think is that it is, uh, it is the human body. It can be made to do anything. It is an incredible instrument, and these are players whose life is dedicated to making sure that their mind and body are in perfect sync and all that. So let's hope that this works around another way. I mean, if it if Rohit Sharma is the most incredible story in Indian cricket that I've never been able to write because when he came in in two thousand and eight, he was the answer to Tendulkar. In Chappell said he's yep. the one. He's the one with the capital O. <laughs> you know, so. Quote unquote talent. Yeah, I don't mean mean jokes about talent. Okay, so the mean <laughs> jokes about talent have been made. So Bichara he has got hammered with these jokes about talent. So people either give him criticize him for talent or like I'm just like fatigue, like saying okay when. <laughs> But then he plays that incredible innings at the Oval, right? And you say okay now he has arrived. He is here. The one has arrived now, but it's been thirteen years or something like that. But all right, we'll. you know we are not fussy because he's so incredible and you keep thinking what has happened in the middle why not yeah. test what is going on anyway so those are many multiple topic but it's him maybe this could be his you know if he can captain for two years if he can captain for four years it would it would be fine if it was bumrah but then you talk about fitness again True. as in bowler you have to keep him and whatever i think he's only played what two test matches at home so far uh, because he's yeah. always been saved yeah, yeah. workload management and all that yeah. we get into you know so uh, pant is great but pant is to sort out his batting first <laughs> before you yeah. can and maybe slowly bring him into the picture the other thing about this kohli uh, the great uh, uh, Kohli's presence in the team is that there's no one else to succeed other than Rahane, who was now yeah. who was a who was perfect choice in Australia. Um, but uh, now there's nobody there. It's like the government. <laughs> <laughs> but there is always an alternative. I say, yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, let's hope this new change of events, uh, you know, helps the Indian team just only do better. And uh, Kohli hopefully breaks his streak of uh, bad batting. And gets his uh, more deserved hundred. I think. I think. I mean, and I, if I understand correct, that is all the whole point of starting this was to focus on his batting ability and uh, get do the basics correct. So let's hope with that. Uh, Sharada, we also want to talk about uh, the Australian Open and the uh, second saga of our topic is the whole thing with Novak Djokovic. <laughs> so just to give uh, the listeners a brief overview of what actually happened and. why we decided to talk about this is it so this actually goes back to april 2020 when uh, you know jokovic issued i think rather callous statements about uh, being opposed to vaccines and he said he would decide later if it would be compulsory that he would take them or not so this is april 2020 come november 2021 the australian open uh, and the director craig tailey say that uh, all players must be vaccinated and it will be mandatory so this is uh, november 2021 and then we reach uh, what we call uh, around december where uh, novak djokovic withdraws from the serbian team for the atp cup and there's no particular reason given 
then he arrives uh, at australia after he is given clearance by the uh, by a rig- what is called a rigorous uh, investigation into his case for actually playing at the australian open jokovic basically is given clearance by the uh, australian tennis uh, association the exemption uh, to- right exemption exactly well, that's where things start getting interesting because he arrives on january 5th at the melbourne airport and then he's detained uh and he's sent to a hotel uh, because his visa is cancelled this is where things start getting interesting so now then he goes appeals to a court to overturn his uh, visa cancellation this brings the australian prime minister in so scott morrison comes out uh, with a statement saying rules are rules then finally he appeals to a court in the court hearings it come turns out to be that he had not declared he was covid positive in december and then uh, finally the judges uh, three federal court judges uphold the decision made by hawk to cancel the 34 year old's visa and he flies back to serbia leaving the australian open so it's absolutely cluttered uh, with uh, what it is and i think uh, the point is again uh, the cause of the clutter is the person himself i think it's novak djokovic again i think that's the theme of our uh, podcast today <laughs> Uh, but uh, with that being said, I'd like both uh, Sharda and Gautam's thoughts on this because uh, uh, a lot of people have reacted about uh, is this fair, is this unfair or it's just rules being rules. So what are your thoughts? I think it is rules being rules. Uh, I think it is uh, definitely jo- Djokovic getting uh, a certain amount of speed with which his, his uh, problem was resolved because he's a superstar, because the Australian Open is there. He's defending champion. He's world number one. and this entire situation has come to be because we are in this covid uh, kind of a crisis mode and you know the australian open has given you so much of uh, a sanction to not take your vaccine under xyz circumstances so they're doing whatever they can to uh, uh, compensate for all sorts of people and all sorts of views about vaccination and so on but djokovic is literally turned out to be one disastrous uh thing after another right it turned out to be one disastrous uh, uh, um, uh, sort of decision taken or statement made um saying that yeah i and i'm saying either he's access manager or he's access travel agent because both of them have been absolute yeah. failures in, in that sense um and also the power and the influence of social media i think people forget that if you are on social media you are everyone knows what you're doing which is what you want originally but when you don't want it then what happens then you can't turn off people taking photographs of you with you in in events and you're interviewing somebody when you are ostensibly covid positive you know so it's either this or it's that and he got himself into this uh, situation and he tries so hard to be uh, to fit into this whole lovely rosy uh, federer uh, nadal sort of situation that there is and he's like the odd wheel and it's so it's in a way it's sad and in a way it's almost you expected that something like this was going to happen it's like a car crash waiting to happen and and then it did happen and particularly in jokovic's case there was a woman player from the czech republic who got sent home under the same conditions after she had entered australia and played a match and played in a tournament you know renata voratchova absolutely right uh, i think it, this is also a case where it kind of became very political in australia to scott morrison I, apparently it's an election year in australia right now so there's that playing into it as well also remember australia has been notorious for its lockdowns and they've been ultra strict with things immediately after uh, i think novak got his exemption I'm, there was a bit of a public outcry saying that look you you've kind of held us almost like prisoners in our own country but you let this other guy who has not even had the vaccine come in just because he's making you money for the tournament uh, and its sport in australia i guess goes 
hand in hand there too similar to how it's uh, cricket in india so there is that playing into this but having said that i think nobody covered themselves in glory none none of the parties did because initially this they got him the exemption so everybody knew that the independent panel cleared him now because of wrongful form filling or whatever they they could have still said look for, fill in the form correctly and give it to us and then we can clear you but they did not say that it became a question of no you did not fill the form so we are going to detain you uh, and then in the and meantime also, Gautam, yeah. there was so much that was contradictory in the in what he said and what was seen you know true uh, and there is no connection with this and i don't want to get anyone else in any sort of legal problem or whatever but someone once told me that uh, it's easier to tell the truth because you, then you don't have to remember what you said you right. know so, so so it's that kind of thing that there's something is not fitting in he was let out on the fact that process was not followed with the sense of you you have to be you have to give the person right to call their lawyer right to do this right and they didn't do that and on that he got he got let off but the second time when they came for him like they came for him with an axe you knew that it was going to yeah. end end, yeah. end back you know in that sense also novak is a very interesting character as i mean i'm he he hasn't said that he has not taken a vaccine but let's face it he has not taken a vaccine okay ha <laughs> are yeah. i know this is not about reading mind this is just about reading the reading the room as they say a right. story has just come in the guardian today which has been sent to me by my friend prachal hegde uh, in which they said he has an 80% stake in a biotech company that is going to uh, that's trying to invent on the process of inventing a cure for covid that does not involve a vaccine this is also a little bit of factoid i think because right. it's absolutely latest Taza, not even via via from it is from uh, the Guardian newspaper today. That is what it is, and the company's name is Quant Biores. Is working on a treatment, not a vaccine, and the CEO says the star is not anti-vax. Uh, speaking of that, he's quite an interesting character. You spoke about the Guardian, so Bani Rone wrote a. tremendous wonderful article about yokovic and how there is a need to understand him a little bit to see where he is coming from he was not empathetic he was still quite scathing in his criticism of yokovic but to kind of understand the man to see how this all happened he comes from a from a background where his uh, personal trainer or he has a wellness guru who says a global shift will occur when each individual finds the courage to awaken from the mass amnesia is one of the quotes that his wellness guru has so you know he's a very interesting character yokovic has is a he's a man Maverick in his own way, I I tend to disagree with most of what he stands for. I think it's quite clear that he's not going to get vaccinated, which means that he's going to get into all of these issues until the COVID crisis goes away. Hopefully, it goes away very quickly. Then also, you made a very interesting point, Shard. I think this is very true because there is no public support. There's not as much public support him. Let's say this was Nadal, right? Let's say if Nadal found himself in the same situation, I'm pretty sure he would have found a lot of uh, support publicly from. in the online spaces let's say i think but I, uh, sorry i'll just interrupt you there i said i think the support is there for jokovic but it's a very small select sort of community of yeah. hard and jokovic fans i have a friend of mine who's a, he will absolutely not i, I don't know what his stand is on the vaccination in australia but he'll be very angry because in terms of the fact that as a tennis player he is just incredible he's like a robot very hard to beat oh yeah and and uh, uh, prajun was chatting with me and she said look if he plays in the australian open he's going to win it no one can stop him he's like a beast but i i'm just thinking again you know who are the advisors that are around him at least do the yeah. paperwork properly yeah? if you're yeah. trying to fund something at least budget properly that, yeah that was the most surprising part because here is the world number one with all of his resources at his disposal and somebody fills out a form wrong that's just uh, yeah, yeah, insane yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. but yeah. there's no question uh, uh, aniket let's let's face it he's going to surpass roger federer and nadal sooner or later that's going to happen uh, then, we, 
typical all the players in press conferences were asked this one constant question of their thoughts <laughs> and that seemed to be uh, a fun thing to watch in fast forward actually what everyone said so i got uh, both uh, rafa nadal and uh, roger federer saying basically no individual is greater than the sport and you know rules are rules uh, uh, nick kyrgios and zverev had a couple of subtle uh you know uh yeah so opinions on how this should have played out uh, i mean opinions are like backbones everyone has one so curious i'm surprised curious like, was subtle he's never subtle <laughs> i mean i i'm the word subtle is being added by me but he was basically he also had to play a balancing act i guess right. uh, of he never did i mean it. just yeah and this there's not I mean style yeah so i'll link the show notes it's basically yeah. as an why times article there which basically takes every player's statement okay. and puts it out there so uh, this was just to conclude this from the austrian open we'd like to jump quickly on to sania mirza so our very own sania mirza uh, and what i can only say is a great career she had uh, it started off brilliantly and in the last 4 years has also been when i'm saying 4 years i'm minusing the whole pandemic i'm just removing yeah. that from our memory <laughs> so uh it has uh, she has had a great comeback after retiring from singles as a doubles and a mixed doubles player so a few things uh, that she has in her kit is she has six grand slam titles in her career so this predominantly include uh, your mixed doubles wins with mahesh bhupati and also with uh, three in a row with martina hingis So that was actually uh, pretty fascinating because I was a Martina Hingis fan, uh, and it was great to see them both uh, team up and actually uh, take the. I think they had a forty-four match unbeaten. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Was that the record they had? Uh, yeah. Forty-one match so, uh, winning streak. Forty-one. Okay, so I stand corrected. So Sharda, what are your uh, memories of her, and uh, any thoughts you'd like to share regarding this, and just enrich the life of our viewers about Sania Mirza? uh i mean uh, to hear her say that she's going to this is going to be her last season it's like you you just feel sad but you realize where it's come from what uh, in, in terms of her injury and and her body and so on and uh, i think what she stands for uh, um i i was talking to someone yesterday and i said you know i first where i used to cover a lot of women's tennis 
satellite futures, whatever, whatever, in not uh, in uh, when I was at the Hindu. And at that time, Sanya was just a name because she never played in the Indian tournament. She was playing at ITF uh, level one and level two and all that. And so you just kept hearing about her, hearing about her. And, and her ranking kept climbing and she kept doing that. So it was very, it was very, very clear that uh, her family had decided that, that there was another path for her, which they, which they took. And also remember that I come from the generation where I have seen very little power in the Indian tennis players that I have seen then. You know, you're, you're seeing Moonball and whatever and all that. And then you had Dushmi Chakravarti and, 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 and Sai Jalakshmi and all that who came through later. Sanya was like another amp one level up and bigger. And uh, when I spoke to her first uh, for when I was at India today, when she was at the Australian Open, her first Australian Open, when she wore those T-shirts and everything. And she was just so frank and she was just so open. She was just so happy to just chat and talk and, you know, just be the person that she is. That is the best thing about her, that her game is what she, not just her forehand is like fiery. It is her her personality that also she was happy to put it out there. Uh, you know, she was not being nice girl. And she was just being herself. You know, we are not nice girls. <laughs> we are just who yeah. we are. She said, the standard that anyone has to be better you have to be at least 26 so she set the path that someone has to follow for sure she was the first uh, ever female Indian to be seated at a Grand Slam when she played the Australian Open in 2006 my uh, memories of Sanya Mirza is just a forehand just just an unbelievable she had an <laughs> un- unbelievable forehand uh, it's, it's it's little sad that she could not compete in uh, in the singles tournaments anymore owing to her injury injuries and whatnot. she cracked the top 30 which is no joke to me at least she kind of came out of nowhere when when I was when I was I was really young young guy when I was watching Sanya so it's like I was like where did she come from all of a sudden she was there and she was competing in all of these WTA tournaments and she was there at the Grand Slams she had a really good partnership with Mahesh Bhupati uh, remember I, I remember the Federation asked her to pair up with Leander for the Olympics was it the Olympics Sharda I think it was the Olympics right when they yeah. asked her, that they asked her saga. yeah Olympics that is the Asian whole, Games oh was the Asian Games okay when they asked oh, her oh, to it could, been, it could have been everything Leander Mahesh was everywhere it happened every day. It went down for twenty years. It I was know. like a bad opera. Oh know. man! So, yeah, and I think to your to your point, when uh, she she was definitely she spoke as, as she saw it too. So she came out and said, "Don't use me as this pawn between you know yes. Bhupati and Pace because yes. he, she wanted to uh, play with Mahesh Bhupati, but something happened and they asked her to pair up with Leander, which she eventually did and. Lo and behold, uh, they still lost. So, how was the equation with the two star uh, male tennis players as such? The, the 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 problem with this Leander Mahesh thing is that you can go on again for another three hours. Oh yeah. But the, that everyone, you know, it's like they made everybody take sides, right? They made all India of Indian tennis had to take sides. And in a way, Sanya was a voice that said, "I'll tell you what I want. I'm not going to get into this thing of I'm going to be nice to this one and nice to this one at the same time and all that. No, I will tell you what I want." You know, so that that uh, her T-shirt, which she wore at the Australian Open, said "Well-behaved women rarely make history," which is just superb, and it just freaked everybody out. This is two thousand and five or six or it, I, I, we could not imagine it. So there was Ashwini uh, Nachapas leotards in the nineteen eighties, and there was Sanya Mirza's T-shirts. It was like this big gap, and she was just uh, incredible because of this. And her forehand was world class. It was like a world class shot. It had, it's like her parents saw it when it came came out of her and they said this is where she has, she has to go to international level otherwise no and you're saying where did she come from she came from the fact that her dad used to drive them around in their uh, I think in their uh, car or Maruti esteem or something it was or, uh, all around to, to tournaments and they would sometimes sleep in the car you know just to be able to save costs when she's a younger player so she always had 
she was her own person so it didn't matter if it was mahesh or it was leander she was her own person and she would tell you what she thought one way or another she wasn't going to play games in that sense from the distance that i saw how she uh, how things turned out um prajal knows her much better but from what i saw this was this was it you know this was what you saw was what you got fundamentally right and um, so now uh, we are going to be left uh, without a considerable sizable presence in the uh, in women's tennis she was she became a big figure even internationally in the game because she was a young muslim woman playing at the time yeah. right which this was just after 911 and islamophobia and with us or against it was that as well so so many there were so much so many things coming at her but she held her own in the sense she held her own and she and she competed at that level she uh, she was a leader with the fed cup team that used to go um, and and play overseas um she she's an incredible player like literally one of a kind and if you have to say in terms of singles players she's been the last great singles player we've had of that world standard you know uh, i don't think i could have said anything better than that aniket yeah so uh, you know concluding this uh, i want to take like a quick two minutes to talk about something that uh, we uh, just touched upon is this whole indian athletes especially individual sports even team sports and federations right so uh, i have a controversial opinion uh, which i uh, even shared with amit verma last time he was here so i, um, I said that uh, our athletes perform despite everything that's given to them right because uh, despite the situation back home in india you have this you have neera chopra who's winning you the gold medal it's not uh, only because of our federations because uh, and i've heard you also discuss this in in a couple of platforms you've been so i want to take a quick 2 3 minutes to touch upon this whole saga of federations and also future directions for uh, indian sports uh, how you see it going and the evolution because we've just come out from what a lot of people call india's best performance at the olympics in a while uh, we've had medals in individual athletics after a while the indian hockey team has come back on the podium we've had some near misses with archery and shooting which should which would have made it actually even more spectacular so uh, with just with this i would like your thoughts on you know how these federations function uh we've also seen uh for example manika batra i believe who had some issues at the olympics uh, sai pranith who couldn't have his coach there so pv sindhu's coach was trying to yeah, or physio i believe was actually trying to help this uh, players out why do we keep our athletes in such uh, situations and uh, when they thrive it's the federations that come out on top and actually take all this credit so what are your thoughts from inside because you've been in this uh, field for a long time now and what have you learned uh i could go on for at least 5 hours about this topic but you too uh i think what has happened is that a majority of federations are are not functioning they're dysfunctional uh they treat athletes like pawns right they treat you as that there has to be a lot of my bap giri that has to happen with with athletes uh though what is happening in the last say 15 years or so is that because you've had these private bodies come in to help elite athletes go through you're able to see a lot more success which is what is there uh it is making the federations extremely jealous it's making them extremely insecure so you're getting things like wrestling federation saying it is very bad when the wrestlers go to uh, the jsw comes in and this one comes in in no other country they have created bodies like this this is a unique indian creation of elite athletes being managed by outside bodies because our federations are so fundamentally useless neera chopra's medals the athletics federation was quick to say that we have four, 400 javelins he gave we we gave four. he said no you gave me five 
the rest of the javelins went to somebody else to people who had to who they had to go to you know so there are these people that are there in power because our sports administrators and i'm including cricket in this which prides itself on its professionalism in inverted commas uh, what is it called air quotes ha huh. so um, because our federations still treat themselves as uh, uh, their posts and people in the, they still treat themselves as the most important people they don't put athletes and tournaments front and center at this point in time as abhinav bindra said this once that an indian elite athlete is looked after financially and support wise much more than any in the rest of the world olympic athlete is no this is actually wonderful you say it because uh, especially something i wanted to say but i missed and you said it was this private investments right for example to name a few go sport foundation yeah. the olympic gold quest because i think it was nandan kamath who mentioned uh, how they actually funded india's first fencer to actually go yeah. to the olympics knowing that you know nothing uh, spectacular would come out of that uh, but it was all so about giving you how simple it is yeah. showing yeah. you how simple we don't have a tradition in fencing showing you how simple it is to do that we we can, we've opened up a whole pandora's box and we can yes. keep going with this thing <laughs> but uh, that's probably for another day let's uh, wrap up so we have two questions from our subscribers Sharda, for you. So our subscribers reached out to us when they came to know that you are going to be uh, on line with us. Oh God! So uh, I, I I'm going to keep the name anonymous just because I don't know if I should take the names, but I'll read their questions uh, as it is. So one of the subscribers wants your view on the current situation of press and journalism in India. So we've kind of touched upon yes. this uh, yes. briefly. Yes. Uh, I, unless I don't know if you want to add something more to oh, what I mean, you already said. I mean, pretty much said. what I said is that uh, they deliberately sort of cut off access in that sense uh, because uh, it's not worth their while. They don't need media anymore uh, because they have social media, and to them we say uh, absolutely fine. Uh, everyone do it their choice, and we can write whatever we wish to write as yeah, and just, truthfully and honestly as possible. Yeah. and just to add to that i think uh, even the indian government is taking tips from this and following our suit <laughs> so that at least that's how it seems good right one, here good one so, good one excellent uh, no press conferences also yeah <laughs> yeah so is the idea of press conferences you know at least our cricket captains do press conferences right and, we have to uh, give them credit no. i mean i say this uh, with all seriousness that even the, the taliban is not a acknowledged government they had a press conference as soon as they took on the kabul airport Indeed. so it tells a lot about where we are today but that being said be that as it may yes. uh, the other question we have is uh, like your thoughts on how virat kohli would function in the team with uh, rohit and uh, and his given his egos i don't know what the gentleman or the here means i don't but... know how i can predict how virat kohli will function i think what we see is what we will get uh, and we'll see it in scores i think more than anything else we'll see it in his batting and right. from there we'll be able to see how things are panned out whether they panned out uh, in a way that's worked for him or uh, in a way that has not so what I mean, we hope is, we hope yeah. that it 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 works out for him in in the manner of massive number of runs and his 30 100 more um uh, we should probably leave it at that uh, aniket uh, we should also take this time to plug news laundry uh, guys please subscribe to news laundry if you haven't i'm a subscriber please subscribe to news laundry it is a superb channel it gives it, it gives news and it it tells us when journalists are, are behaving badly and doing wrong 
things and our news is being presented badly please subscribe please subscribe please subscribe see there you go you heard it from shard ogra that that gives it more of a credibility than mere aniket can so uh, please do subscribe to news laundry uh, before we we finish this episode uh, sharda do you have any recommendations that can enrich the lives of our viewers it could be an article a, sto- a story a book a a a video doesn't matter anything um my recommendation to all the listeners here is to subscribe to as many uh, sort of worthy online websites that there are around news i'm plugging news minute as well just support good journalism just support and uh, don't watch too much of uh, television news it will just uh, fry your brain absolutely aniket so uh, i second that uh, recommendation about mm-hmm. television Uh, but apart from that i'd like to recommend an article uh, written by sharda ogra today uh, which is wonderful and i learned a lot reading it it's called debutants who dare to dream an iran football story so i loved the article it gave me so much information about how sports can be used to overcome adversity uh you know sports can bring people together uh, so it's it's a wonderful thing of how uh, the women footballing iranian team took up challenges to actually uh, reach where they are in the asian uh, women's asian cup i believe i think it's called uh, so afc women's asian cup yeah so uh, that would be uh, my recommendation and i believe india iran are playing sometime today indian time so folks who are interested can go check that out i don't know if where it's being aired but yeah my recommendation is uh, one is a news laundry recommendation please go check out the news laundry sena page where you guys can contribute directly to stories uh, in a few months uh, we have elections coming up in goa manipur punjab uttarakhand and up um, so uh, all of our reporters akanksha ashwini ayush basant nidhi prateek shivangi meghna they will all be scattered across all of these states uh atul as well atul chaurasia as well uh manisha will be there and a team of producers to explore the underbelly of the electoral process so please go check that news laundry sena page out uh, we'll link that page as well to the show notes for you to be able to go uh, support all of the stories about the elections coming up uh my other recommendation is uh another shadowgra piece she, she wrote for the hindustan times uh what Two, <laughs> two or three weeks ago i think uh, it's kind of actually if you if you read it you'll you'll notice that it's kind of uh, profound as to what we have what discuss so we'll see uh, what happens in the future as to who the captain is going to be but it's called clash of titans tales splits indian cricket wide open this was immediately after the virat kohli uh, all guns blazing press conference that he had uh, so check that out and the my other recommendation is uh, bani rones piece on the guardian uh, about novak djokovic and the headline is novak djokovic and trying to understand the divisive tennis jesus so check that out uh, uh, sharda thank you so much for coming on to this episode and uh, gracing us we are still we are, we are we both of us are just a bunch of nobodies just talking sports so having somebody like you talk sports is just uh, kind of a dream come true so thank you very much thank you so much for inviting me um i hope i didn't interrupt you guys too often i mean i i i love to talk to people who are fans uh, i am grateful to people who read what i write and thank you for inviting me oh thank you for being a part cuz uh, this is, i'm telling at the lag end of the podcast but the whole idea of this coming together was to just start a conversation on sport more specifically indian sport right so get people in the ecosystem in touch because we hear only about the athletes but the sporting ecosystem is actually very dense and there are uh, so many people involved so the whole idea with this podcast was to see uh, 
you know, we can get in touch with as many folks who are a part of this ecosystem and see if we can at least start a conversation, if not make a change. Uh, so that's how this was started. And thank you for being a part of it. We are truly honored. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much. We will, we will uh, play our listeners off with, uh, which, which I think Sanya is as uh, crowning achievement when she won her first uh, Wimbledon, her first one and only Wimbledon title. She won with Martina Hingis. So we'll play our listeners off with that audio bite. Uh, thank you listeners for uh, uh, listening to us and we'll catch you again on our next episode. Thanks, Aniket. Thanks to producer Brian as well. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.